What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. What my message to the players was is this is what we talked about. We know this is going to happen. This Every time you know you, we go on a losing streak, there's going to be uh, stories out there and, and distractions out there. It's our choice to either hang on to those or it's our choice to stay present and focus our energy and time on what we can do to get better. Do you feel like you have job security? I feel like I'm coming down here to do my job and coach, and I don't, I don't feel like I'm going anywhere, no. everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast where Luke out below. Just a night after breaking their 16-game losing streak to Portland, the Lakers ended up coughing up one of their worst performances of the last few years in what almost looks like one of those fireable offenses kind of games, losing to the Toronto Raptors 121-107. to And ironically, tonight it was the Lakers who needed a nurse. Allen, and I'm not talking about Raptors head coach Nick Nurse, but maybe they need one of those too. Oof. (laughs) Allen, about a week ago, you had to witness the Dodgers lose to the Red Sox in Game 5 of the World Series here in LA. Though it's not nearly of the same magnitude, I'm guessing the Lakers are giving you some PTSD to those Sunday Blues last week. No pun intended on the Blues thing, but yeah, how are you feeling tonight? Uh, You know, what's funny is... I haven't thought that much about the Dodgers since last Sunday. That's but funny. actually, prior to you mentioning it just right now, 
in the middle of the game, I, I did think about it. <laughs> Just out of nowhere, I was like, oh man, it's been like a week since the Dodgers lost. And, um... I thought that I could kind of turn a new leaf with the Lakers season and just <laughs> focus all my emotional energy on that. And then, uh, yeah, I just kind of feel like absolute shit right now, <laughs> just like I did last week. So, um, yeah, it's it's hilarious that you bring that up, and I coincidentally thought about it as well. So, yeah, it's it's pretty awful. If you can't tell by our somber tones, we're not pleased right now. And it's unfortunate because, Alan, I was joking with Tommy the last podcast, which we recorded last Monday, but we have yet to record a podcast episode that happens immediately after a win. <laughs> so so we, we immediately bypassed the, the Portland Trailblazer win, which that would have been a great episode to have right after, sure. right? Even though they ended up relinquishing that huge lead, at least we made history in a sense, or recent history, breaking that 16-game losing streak to the Trailblazers, and also winning in Portland since for the first time since 2014 that would have been a good one to have an episode on but unfortunately Lakers played tonight back-to-back second night of a back-to-back and even though we had news that Kawhi Leonard would not be playing you can never tell with this this Lakers team this year and unfortunately they ended up looking like they never stepped foot out of the Portland plane because they did make history tonight Uh, I think they had the largest first quarter deficit in Lakers history, I think they were down by either 29 or 31. All I know is the Lakers hit that historical milestone, having the largest first quarter deficit. And from there, they were just trying to claw their way back. And it honestly wasn't until four minutes remaining in the, in the fourth quarter with the young core and Svi Mikhailu that the Lakers were able to make any sort of dent because their defense was that bad the entire night and they were that sloppy that discombobulated everything you want to throw at it any bad adjective you want to throw at them that's who the lakers were tonight so yeah obviously this episode going to be raw i wish we could be a little more positive and we're going to try to be and we're going to try and look we're going to try and look back as recently as last night to the lakers win against portland you know at the end of the day the lakers are 4 and 6 they had a chance to get to 500 we may have some relief coming in the form of Tyson Chandler. We'll get to all of that in just a bit. Uh, before we do, though, as usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes because the more you rate and review us, that's how many times a Lakers player on the perimeter will actually stick by their man and resist the temptation to either ball watch or leave their guy absolutely wide open for a three by dipping into the paint to help the, uh, the post defender. And we would all love more of that. So please rate and review us on iTunes. It was an epidemic tonight, Alan. An epidemic of just leaving Danny Green open for three, leaving Kyle Lowry open, leaving OG Ananubi. It, it was just super frustrating. So rate and review us on iTunes so that our guys do a better job defending the perimeter. Um, also, we are currently at 283 iTunes reviews right now. We would love to hike that up to 300 before the 2018 year ends. So We'd appreciate it if you could help us out in that respect and continue to hike that rating and review number up. Also, if you'd like to show us appreciation in the form of a financial donation in any small way, please visit patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast. A dollar a month, a dollar as a one-time donation, anything helps. All right, with that said, Alan, there is some good news, kind of, in spite of this uh, terrible loss to the Raptors. The Lakers may be getting some big man relief in the form of 
Tyson Andrew Chandler. 36 year old Tyson Chandler. <laughs> we, we honestly, at this point, why not? <laughs> um, so Tyson Chandler got waived over the weekend and he is apparently going to sign with the Lakers once he clears waivers in the next 48 hours. Alan, it is kind of sad to be this excited <laughs> about a 36 year old dude who's well past his prime. But given what you saw tonight, <laughs> why? how do you feel about the Tyson Chandler signing, first of all, that's that's about to happen? And I guess, why are you a little bit more optimistic than usual getting a guy like this? I mean, even if we'd won tonight, I, I don't know. I feel like I'd feel the exact same way um, because about a day ago or so, I was pretty lit about the possibility of him being here. I mean, it's super obvious that, you know, as cool as Jonathan Williams is, his story and uh, just him being able to fill a need kind of unexpectedly with um, one of the Ware twins getting cut and all that stuff. Like, we, we definitely need a big man who is, um, you know, a, a guy who's experienced, who just understands philosophies of the NBA. And I mean, he is a seven-footer and, I understand a lot of Laker fans are saying, well, have you seen what this guy's done over the last year or so of his career? Like, your expectations are so high. What is he actually going to provide us with? I mean, more than anything, he's going to provide us with, like, a mind, you know, like an NBA caliber level um, IQ. So if that means 10, 12, 13 minutes a game backing up JaVale McGee, I mean, shoot, we'll take it because... LeBron at the five, Kuzma at the five, which means Josh Hart at the four, although he's been pretty good at the four, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> um, you know, that's not going to get it done over the course of 82 games. And you could just imagine in the playoffs when things really slow down, how all of that would look. It's it just it's unrealistic. And um, I mean, heading into the season, you know, LeBron makes the jokes about, okay, playing the five, I got to bulk up. We all kind of laugh about it. Oh, yeah, like we could see it in, you know, spurts here and there. But God, like other teams just expose us so much. The second we go to our small ball lineup where we have four guards on the floor and one wing who is playing center. So, um, you know, we realized after about eight games that it's not going to fly. And uh, thank goodness Phoenix waved Tyson Chandler, because if that weren't the case, I, I don't really know what our prospects would be. So um, do I think it's like an absolute game changer and suddenly things are going to flip over like on its head? Probably not, but I don't really care about there being such a stark contrast. I just want improvement, you know. And uh, just on top of that, I don't know if you remember this, Jonathan, but you and I met Tyson Chandler a few years ago. We did. There's photo evidence of that. <laughs> we were like the Americana on Glendale. So, yeah. Uh, Thank so, yeah, you for you're... reminding me of that. Oh, dude. It was like the first thing I thought. I was like, yo, that's our friend. So if, if you can tweet that <laughs> once it becomes official um, in about 24 hours or so, um I think it'll be a good luck charm, quite frankly. You should just make that like our avatar, just just everything. Oh, for sure. Game changer for real, though. Um, <laughs> do you want to tell people really quickly what movie we ended up watching with Tyson Chandler? First, uh, what we thought he was going to watch, and then what movie we ended up watching. Did we? We ate Wood Ranch, right? We had like yeah. steak or something. Okay, that's what I remember. I don't remember what movie, but it... it I, just go for it. <laughs> okay, so we were there to watch 
the Chris Hemsworth and Kristen Stewart classic Snow White and the Huntsman or whatever. And MIB three was playing at the same time too. And we naturally thought when we saw Tyson Chandler pop into the, uh, what was it? The Americana. Was it the, no, it was the, it was the Grove. It was the Grove, Um, that's right. and Tyson Chandler had on these like fitted for seven footer hipster clothes, like a jean denim, like cut off short sleeve jacket, right, <laughs> a super right. oversized white long shirt. And we naturally thought after t- getting a picture with him, he was super nice, by the way. And at the time I made some joke about, I was like, hey man, I, I can be your next Jeremy Lin because that was the year that Jeremy Lin ended up going to the Houston Rockets. Um, anyways, we had assumed wrongfully so that he was there to watch MIB three and then we inevitably saw him in the same line as us to watch Snow White and the Huntsman. And he ended up sitting kind of almost near the the very front because I guess he didn't want to obstruct anyone's viewing. And I was so tempted throughout the movie to be, to tweet him on the side and be like, dude, what'd you think about that first act? Sucked, right? <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, we, we can honestly say that we watched a movie with Tyson Chandler and now he's going to become a Laker. And uh, back to the conversation, Alan, you said it's not going to be a game changer. And I think... What he does individually is not going to be a game changer, but honestly, with the way this team looked tonight, making Serge Ibaka look like Wilt Chamberlain, um, I think he could be a game changer in the sense that hopefully he'll put people back into their rightful places. And I'm I'm even talking about just giving JaVale McGee some relief, giving him a break, because tonight you saw him for the first time go down with like, I mean, he looked winded, he got kneed in the, the stomach and the chest. And we saw our our lives flash before us, right? <laughs> Thinking about, oh God, that's right. If JaVale McGee's gone, we're screwed. Right. We have Zubats and that's it, you know? So even just having Tyson Chandler spell JaVale McGee for a few minutes so that doesn't end up happening and JaVale doesn't end up getting injured. Because right now I feel like we're wearing him to the bone pretty much, you know? It's not Wearing him down to the bone. No, absolutely not. So even in that sense... I feel like that could be a game changer. And look, cumulatively, yeah. Yeah, I expect him to play 10 to 15 minutes, but he's 36 years old. You saw last year when Lonzo Ball had like 34 points against the Suns that second game, right? And he was taking it at Tyson Chandler that he is no longer the defender that he once was, right? Especially on the perimeter. And he doesn't block shots anymore as well. But at the end of the day, the last I checked, this guy did not shrink. He's still seven foot, seven foot one. He still weighs around 240, 250. Jonathan Williams is what? Probably 225, 230. So he's still got like 10 to 15 pounds on Jonathan Williams. And at the end of the day, he's still a guy who intuitively knows how to box out, which is what the Lakers really need help with. Pretty bad at that. Exactly. He knows how to grab rebounds. And at the end of the day, he's a stout and firm body that can just fill up space in the paint. And right now, I feel like whoever the Lakers have in the paint outside of JaVale McGee, and sometimes even JaVale McGee, because he's a slight sort of long dude, right? Yeah. We're just flimsy down there. We're like jello and it it doesn't look good. So even just to have a, a bigger stout firm body down there to hold who can stand his ground a little better, I think that would be huge for us. Um not to overstate his value to us, but honestly, that's how sad things are right now that a guy like Tyson Chandler could essentially bring so much to this team. And actually, last year, he started 46 games for the Suns. And in those 46 games, he averaged 6.5 points and 9 rebounds in 25 minutes. So still a very good rebounder. Honestly, if he can just box out, get rebounds, run the floor, get putbacks, that's all I'm asking for in 10 minutes, you know? So I'm really happy with it. 
Hopefully he signs Tuesday and he suits up Wednesday. You know, we can't waste any more time at this point. Um, So yeah, with that said, the Lakers got killed tonight against the Toronto Raptors, leaving guys open on the perimeter, getting turnovers. They clearly looked like they had a game last night. And in spite of the fact that Kawhi Leonard did not play, they were just so out of sync. It was just one of those mail-it-in types of games where it just felt like, you wanted to wanted the Lakers to fold at halftime and, and, and call it a night because nothing was working. Guys didn't seem like they wanted to play tonight. It, it was honestly very pathetic and embarrassing. So I guess before we get into the game, though, Alan, before the weekend started and we got that very, very crucial win in Portland, uh, there was a lot of chatter about Luke Walton. Um, somebody leaked Magic Johnson's very heated conversation with Luke on Tuesday this past week. And all of this scuttlebutt came about even without any additional context and details into that conversation outside of the fact that Magic Johnson cursed at Luke Walton and he was very, his his temper was high, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. People were already making conjectures that, all right, Luke's on the hot seat, they may fire him anytime soon, Mark Jackson, Jason Kidd, step on up, etc, cetera, etc, cetera, right? And after the Portland game, we we're like, all right, man, okay, Luke's got his job set, he said himself, he expects to be here till the end of the season, and Magic Johnson today said, we said what had to be said. That's it. It's it's behind us. And Luke Walton, barring anything drastic, is, is going to remain the Lakers head coach. Alan, I don't know if this qualifies as drastic, <laughs> losing in this sort of fashion to the Raptors without Kawhi Leonard and looking as bad as we did. But if we take it back to the discussions that happened over the weekend regarding Luke Walton, what is your quick take on this entire um, situation do you believe Magic Johnson when he says, you know, Luke Walton's going to remain the head coach till the end of the season? And uh, yeah, I guess just how do you feel about Magic kind of confronting Luke in that way? At the end of the day, do you think he's just doing his job as the president of or general manager? Is he president of basketball operations or general manager? Uh, president. Yeah, he's president, president of right? basketball ops. Yeah. Um, You know, my initial reaction was... Like, okay, first of all, how did this story get out, (laughs) right? Because, like, Wojanowski, right, he said that Magic is known to have a very volatile management style. And, like, that's fine. You know, I don't think that that should come as a surprise to anybody. Granted, like, you and I, right, we weren't alive (laughs) during showtime. So we weren't there to witness um, how Magic's... Uh, kind of killer instinct came out firsthand necessarily, but with anyone who is hyper competitive, um, having volatile tendencies is not like that surprising. And I don't think having a strong reaction, even if it means God forbid cursing at somebody is an indication of someone getting terminated necessarily. Right. So friendships get into heated arguments all the time. People may say some pretty outlandish things, but it doesn't mean, like, I don't want to ever see you again for the rest of my life. Uh, I think in the workplace, you know, you can see managers, you could see leaders get upset with people for various reasons, right? It could be, I'm heated right now and I lost my composure, or it could be very strategic. Um, Not to get, like, too whatever, philosophical or whatever, but, you know, one of our friends who we mentioned a few times, Victor, he and I are both reading this book right now, and it talks a lot about anger, and when people get angry in certain situations, there's always a goal in mind for the person who got angry, 
So not to go off on a tangent, but I, I really like it and I think it's appropriate and it's a good illustration. Let's just imagine um, there's a mom and her child, right? And they're arguing <laughs> with each other about something related to school. And they're yelling at each other and stuff. And then the phone rings and the mom answers the phone and she's super pissed off. And she kind of snaps and says, like, hello, very aggressively. Oh, wow, it turns out it's the daughter's teacher on the phone. Suddenly, the mom changes her tone, and she's very nice and polite and cordial. Okay? Hangs up the phone, goes back to yelling at the daughter. So you can turn your anger switch on and off really at any moment. You have control. You you don't necessarily, like, lose composure, right? So if Magic got upset with Luke... um. I have no doubt that that was intentional. It was to get a point across in a very, as they even said, stern way. And according to all the reports we've read, like Luke responded accordingly, right? There was a reaction from him. Um, Is it Magic's intention to put him on on notice and say like, hey, I'm going to fire you? I don't think so, actually. I, I think as um, not corny as it sounds, I can't even think of like the right word to describe it, but um, as like maybe predictable or whatever as that seems like, oh, he's going to get mad at him to motivate him. Like, go figure. Um, I, I wouldn't put it beyond magic to do something like that. So now, of course, people are going to say things like, well, look at, wow, like they beat Portland for the first time in so long, and I guess it worked. Like, okay, no, it doesn't work like that. And then people can also say, oh, gosh, look at what happened with Toronto, so I guess now he's going to get fired. I guess it didn't work. Like, no, you can't jump to conclusions one way or another. But I personally don't think Luke's job is in danger. Um, at the same time, he definitely has a lot of room for improvement. Mm-hmm. And I think that Magic is going to give him time to work through it. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of my take on things. I don't think it's completely out of the ordinary. I don't think it's time to start panicking or anything like that. I know there are a lot of people out there who are defending Luke pretty hard right now. And then there are a lot of people who are saying, get him out like tonight. Um, I, I don't think either reaction is, is you know very reasonable to be completely honest but i i do think he's sticking around at the end of the day yeah and i think that conversation was never meant to be leaked obviously it Mm -hmm. happened on tuesday it came out on friday or saturday whenever the news hit and look i think magic johnson at the end of the day just wanted to keep his employee accountable and make sure things were headed in the right direction. Was it more heated than usual? Sure, but it's in the basketball sense. And, you know, Luke's been around this, having played with Kobe Bryant and Magic Johnson and having been under Phil Jackson. So he's no stranger to that type of talk, I'm sure. Um, To the outside public, hearing stuff like that is probably kind of maybe surprising. Um, But maybe in the context of that situation... Maybe it's not so rare to hear the president of basketball operations, you know, use some pretty uh, strong words when admonishing some admonishing you, you know, to be better. But also, I think what Magic Johnson did had some. I don't know if he meant this to happen, but I did. I I do think it had some indirect effects on the young guys and. Obviously, I'm not insinuating that he leaked this out to the public for this purpose, but at the end of the day, we saw what happened when news broke and the media was just all over this and so much, all the scrutiny over Luke Walton's head coaching job just literally hours after 
we get this little tidbit that says from Wojnarowski, Magic Johnson had pretty stern words for Luke Walton. Everybody kind of lost their lost their mind after that. And I think at the very least, this allows the young guys to get used to that type of media scrutiny very early on, you know, because yeah. it's only going to get worse from here on out. And I think the unintentional effect that may be good or positive, and I tweeted it out this past weekend, was we're going to get to see whether these young guys, how seriously they take this and how much fight they have for Luke Walton, how much loyalty they have for Luke Walton now that they see his name put up there and there's something at stake for once. You know, I I don't think Magic Johnson intended that to be the case, but it doesn't hurt, right, to have that extra push for the young guys to be like, oh, shoot, no more playing around here. Yeah, People were preaching patience and whatnot, but there's also a fine line to toe here in terms of we also got to make sure we're, we're bringing our A game every every night out, regardless of whether or not we've had a, a bad schedule going against us. Like suspensions, yada, yada. Yeah, exactly. Roster turbulence, all of those things. Travis Ware getting cut. I'm just kidding. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, all of those points are fair, right? But at the end of the day, all that matters is the record that you see. And that's what Magic Johnson is going to hold you accountable to, right? Yeah. And it, it doesn't matter that we we lost to all of our losses came to playoff bound teams or what looked like playoff bound teams. We just need to learn how to close those games out better because mm-hmm. we were in every one of those, you know. So I get all of that, but I think they responded the right way in Portland. Obviously, I mean they had a twenty point lead in the fourth quarter. The end of that game left a sour taste in our mouth, and that kind of transitioned us into tonight's game against the Toronto Raptors and the Lakers pretty much laid an egg. So I don't have a problem with what Magic Johnson did. And honestly, when it came out, the specifics that he outlined for Luke to improve upon, it all made sense, you know? Stuff that had to do with the system and actually implementing a system, which is what people have been harping on Luke about anyways. So I just hope that, what one, Luke took it to heart. Two, Lakers players, specifically talking about the young core who have gotten to know Luke over these last one or two years, take take it to heart. And hopefully we can find some cohesion now that everybody is back and we don't really have any excuses and the schedule gets a little bit lighter from here, right? We, we came out of the weekend with a split and if you had told me that to start, I would have been like, hey, that's awesome, right? Yeah, for but sure. But you get kind of greedy when you beat the Portland Trailblazers oh, on the road and snap that streak and you find out that Kawhi Leonard is not playing and the Lakers honestly just laid an egg and it's really disappointing. It's really frustrating. The last part of that game was encouraging at the very least to see the young core playing defense, hitting some threes, being a little more zippy and electric than anyone, any other iteration of the roster looked throughout the night. But 80 no 95 percent of that game was just trash hot garbage lebron james looked off as well and defensively he was it looked like he he had lead feet (laughs) um a lot of ball watching tonight so yeah before we transition into the game i'm gonna pitch it really quickly to a word from our sponsors and then we will talk about the raptors game the Blazers game and just look ahead to the rest of the Lakers schedule and just talk about some trends that we like, dislike, et cetera, et cetera. So we will catch you guys after the turn. 
Hey guys, so obviously if you're listening to this podcast, you enjoy watching basketball, you enjoy Lakers basketball, but what happens when the Lakers aren't doing so well and the game is pretty much lost, or let's say you're biding your time waiting for the Lakers game to come on and you have to watch this really crappy matchup between the Atlanta Hawks and the Orlando Magic. Well, what you can do is bet. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at mybookie.ag. My bookie has been in business for years. They've got great online reviews and their mobile site is super easy to use. So, you know, if you would like to support the podcast, please also support our sponsors. And tonight we want to recommend my bookie. Um, make sure to follow my bookie on Twitter at at bet my bookie. They personally respond to every mention and DM, not to mention that they've given away nearly $10,000 in free money to their followers this football season and now basketball season. So log on to MyBookie right now and don't miss out on your last opportunity to collect the industry's biggest bonus. Use promo code LakersLegacy and you'll get your first deposit matched 100%. That's right. What you put in will be matched 100%. That's promo code LakersLegacy. You play, you win, you get paid. MyBookie.ag. Bet my bookie on Twitter. Hey, this is Brian from the Almighty Baller Podcast Network here to talk about keeps. So there's just no two ways to say it. Losing hair is awful. Nobody wants to go through it. And two out of three guys are going to experience hair loss by the time they're 35. This is the world we live in, people. Now, I personally haven't started this you know, downturn, but I got a couple of people close to my life that go through it. And they always say, should have started it sooner rather than later. So anyways, these FDA-approved products used to cost so much, but now, thanks to Keeps, they're finally inexpensive and easy to get. For five minutes, now and starting just $10 per month, you'll never have to worry about hair loss again. So they've ironed out the process. Basically, you just take a photo of your hair and you shoot it over and a licensed physician will review the information and recommend the right treatment to you and then, boom, shipped right to your door every three months. So Keeps is only $10 to $35 a month. Uh, plus, now you can get your first month free uh, to, to what? To keep your hair. So come on. What are we talking about here? To receive your first month of treatment for free, go to keeps.com slash almighty. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash almighty. That's a free month of treatment at keeps.com slash almighty. Keeps hair today, hair tomorrow. All right, Alan. So the Lakers... Came out of the Portland Raptors back-to-back this weekend, one and one, which is pretty good considering, you know, how awful that Mavericks game ended as well, where we relinquished the lead again. Really quickly, yeah, just, <laughs> I don't know if there's much to glean from this game, but what frustrated you the most? <laughs> I know it's going to be defense, but yeah, what about the defense, Alan, specifically? Just collapsing in the paint and like guys overhelping. Right. Like how much, how many times are we going to say it where like, obviously you can't be sticking to your man within arm's length at all times, especially if we don't have a guy in the paint, you know, to protect the rim, but you have to know your personnel, right? Like we used to hear our favorite Dave Miller say it all the time, KYP and like everybody says KYP. If you got a shooter in the corner, you can't leave your man, right? Especially a good team like Toronto that knows, oh, wow, the defense collapsed. Let me kick it out. And the guy's got an open three. Um, it was just the same crap over and over. And sure, was Toronto like extremely hot tonight? Even if we'd played better defense, like they probably still would have had a, an above average quarter at the very least. But, uh, you know, we were we were doing them a lot of favors for sure. Um, 
it's just, I mean, this is the first time we've put out like a putrid effort <laughs> this entire season, right? So uh, we're not like making excuses and cutting them slack. It just seems like the mistakes were magnified because they looked just absolutely terrible. Um, in terms of the general tendencies and like themes of what our issues were, I, I wouldn't say it was much different tonight than other games. It's just it was a lot more frequent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I mean, our guys were missing a lot of shots, too, that they would normally hit. So it's like, on the one hand, okay, yeah, you have an off night. And if you get kind of blown out, I guess you can just say, like, it happens. And then, the, you know, they'll always ask, like, oh, so what are you going to do after this game? Are you going to re- review the tape and see what happened? Or are you just going to throw this one out and move on to the next one, right? This was kind of one of those games. At the same time, it was just, like, a ridiculously high level of stupid mental errors which is just really frustrating, and I think emotionally speaking, you come out, you come playing a game like this after last night, and uh, it, it tends to magnify it even more. So, yeah, that's my take. <laughs> yeah. So tonight, the Lakers, outside of that first play where they executed things to perfection, oh, and <laughs> they got Kyle Kuzma layup, right? Yeah. I think it was Kyle. It was um, Kyle. After that. The Lakers look so slow. We did not look like Listless. the team. Yeah. <laughs> and on defense, we were terrible. Um, guys just getting beat off the dribble. And unfortunately, I hate to say it, but some of the opposing team's fans were right with regards to LeBron James. He yeah. is a liability on defense. And we're just going to have to live with that because LeBron James has to preserve his body throughout the season. You know, if he's going to play at a high level especially when we need him the most. And obviously you're going to have to do this balancing act of, well, we kind of need you right now, you know? <laughs> um, so don't hold anything back. But at the same time, yeah, man, he, he just gets beat off the dribble like crazy. He is often ball watching. And if you're asking him to be the help man, it's over. He's he's going to make a business decision nine times out of 10, as you saw with that OG <laughs> Ananobi slam. Yeah. yeah. And backdoor cuts, he's going to be liable for missing those. Um, He's often not going to box his man out. I mean, that's why the Lakers get caught off guard so much with easy cuts, handoffs, dribble handoffs, screens, you know. And then even some of the, the drives that LeBron was guarding from Kyle Lowry and some of the other wings that the Raptors had, he was just getting beat off the dribble. Just straight out, you know? I think he had one really good defensive play against Sergi Baca. I think Sergi Baca's only miss in the game. Yeah, or like one of one oh, of yeah. Sergi Baca's only two misses of the game, which yeah, is yeah, great. Yeah, he was defending him in the paint. But outside of that, he you know, LeBron James up. was you a liability. He down. Yeah, but outside of that, he... Yeah, you, we can't count on LeBron, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and that's a problem. The, I mean, the, the biggest thing, though, is still the fact that we just got beasted down low. And Kyle Kuzma found time at the five again. I don't know if that, that seemed like a mistake to me. And we haven't even faced a Joel Embiid type player. The closest guy is maybe, what, DeAndre Jordan? I guess Jokic. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Serge Ibaka, I mean, that he has such yeah. a strong body. He was just, we were like pinballs down there. So, I, yeah, we were off sync the entire night from both ends. But especially just not tracking the three-point men and just allowing them to gain a rhythm and they just hit everything in the first quarter and from there they already you know at the end of the day they only shot 28 percent from three which is pretty surprising they were only 10 of 35 yeah yeah but 
it doesn't matter when you let them get out to a lead and it's just seemed like it was layups, dunks, layups, dunks. They were slicing our defense. They were running their sets to perfection pretty much. And they were slicing us up with precision thanks to Nick Nurse. You know, the system that they're running, <laughs> it almost seems Spursian, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Even without Kawhi Leonard, they were still able to keep their engine humming along as if it's, it, that's how the Spurs yeah, plug run, and right? Play. Even, yeah, and it, it's just so frustrating to see that on one end, and then the Lakers on the other end. Who who's the best player on the court, regardless of whether you want to say Toronto's the more experienced, they have less turnover. We still have LeBron James on the court, right? And so it sucks to know that we still got destroyed by a system, in spite of the fact that we had the best player on the court, and we can say that most more times than not. So yeah, tonight was really frustrating. They laid an egg. Do you want to talk about so? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about the Portland game because obviously okay. that was a, that was a great win for us. God, but that the seems Lakers... like a long time ago at this point. Okay, so before we move on to that game, though, Lonzo Ball had a really good game. I think he probably should have played more. I'm not sure why he didn't. Mm. And tonight you got the flip flop again. I think Lonzo and Rondo have been flip flopping with their plus minuses, <laughs> where Rondo had like a plus twenty eight the last game, and then Rondo. Uh, Rondo had a plus 28 and Lonzo had like a minus 15 or something. Tonight, Rondo minus 13, Lonzo ball minus one. Um, Pretty much everybody at the Lakers lineup had a minus outside of Josh Hart, who had a plus 11, amazingly. Brandon Ingram plus one. Um, So I thought Lonzo ball really rejuvenated the Lakers there in the fourth quarter. He hit a couple of tough threes back to back. He was pushing the pace again, getting out in transition. Where the Lakers stopped to a halt for much of the game tonight, Lonzo Ball seemed like the only one really pushing the pace. Um, Rondo did that for us in the Portland game, but tonight um, it seemed like Lonzo was that second gear guy for us. And uh, he even had that really nifty, that one play where LeBron did that bullet pass, you know, 75 feet ahead to him, and he did the scoop de doo nifty reverse layup. That was probably one of the few highlights. UCLA Lonzo. Oh, absolutely. That was one of the few highlight plays that we could actually clap for tonight. Uh, he had another play where he ha- did like that uh, step back crossover to the three point line against Sergi Baca, but he ended up passing yeah. the three out instead of shooting it. I was like, dude, yeah. come on, man. <laughs> um, anyways, at the end of the day, I like the fight that the Lakers showed to end this game, led by Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, 24 points, 10 of 16. He didn't hit any threes, which is disappointing. So that's, that's one of the reasons why the Lakers lost this game tonight. They yeah, did not have their three-point shot going at all. Pretty much they hit probably four of their six three-pointers in the last five minutes of the fourth quarter. You know, So up until that point, of course we're going to be down by that much. If we're yeah. giving up layups, dunks, and threes on the other end, and then on our end, we can't hit a single three. Oh, man, it was frustrating. And what sucks is that one JaVale McGee... He was taken out of the game. You know, whatever ailments he was dealing with, I think they just kind of just sat him. He was only one for six as well. Um, Rondo didn't have a particularly good game the way that he did against Portland. And Lance Stevenson, we're getting the uh, Mr. Hyde version of him, right? Where (laughs) right now he is just dribbling the ball to hell and not making smart decisions, not shooting when he needs to shoot. Contavious Caldwell-Pope continues to play like 2018-19 Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and that means terribly. So the bench unit gave us nothing. Um, Svima Kailu actually showed some defense and some playmaking when he got in still looking for that three-point shot to fall and I was I was just praying that he could hit one because I once know. he hits one I, f- I feel like that just unlocks Opens a lot of the things for us. right yeah I know 
Um, but outside of that, I, I at the very least, the young core showed some pride and some fight there at the end. You know, cut it to, I think, 12, right? And ended up losing by 14. But that was pretty much the, the closest the Lakers got all night. So I'll leave it at that by saying at least they ended the night with some fight. And uh, yeah, anything else to say about this Toronto game? Yeah, I mean, they, they could have really folded at the end and not even put out that effort, you know, the, the last five, six minutes or so. Um, granted, you know, Toronto's taking their foot off the gas, but it doesn't matter, right? Like, you, you still got to play. And, um, like, Kuzma was mic'd up tonight, and you could hear him saying, like, come on, like, just four more minutes, um, being kind of that vocal leader. So, um, yeah, I mean, they, they could have definitely allowed the lead or the deficit rather to continue to be around 20 or so. Um, it, it was good to see Lonzo be a little more assertive as well, uh, except for the one time where he kicked it out instead of shooting the layup. Um, but that's oh, yeah. just, you know, that's just maturity um, more than anything else. And it's, I'd rather have a guy overpass, I, I suppose. Um, Cause that's, it's just easier to teach someone to be aggressive. But um, as far as other things, I mean, nah, <laughs> not really. Just turn the damn page and let let them kind of sit on this one in some ways, unfortunately, for a couple days, right? I kind of wish they were playing again on Tuesday, but um, it's kind of like being grounded. <laughs> they have all the way till Wednesday to think about this crap and not let it happen again. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, instead of going into specifics about the Portland game, I just want to talk about Lakers trends. Yeah. Um, obviously, the Portland game was great. The Lakers are up by 20. But I think that game, again, just displayed an ongoing theme for the Lakers of being <laughs> complacent whenever <laughs> at, they have a big At what lead. point of the fourth quarter were you like, okay, here comes the comeback for Portland? Oh, when they got up by 20. It's like the opposite <laughs> of a time of death kind of thing. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I tweeted it out where I was like, man, when, when Lakers opponents see the Lakers go up by 20 and they call a timeout, Perfect. they pretty much say to themselves, "This is we got them right where we want them, right? And yeah. that's what ended up happening. It happened against the Mavericks, happened against Portland. The Lakers' defense is just so shaky right now that they can let anyone come back in like a three-minute time span, you know? Yeah. And then their offense is so predicated on just transition and getting out yeah. That if you think about it, if their defense is bad... <laughs> yeah, we don't get a stop then. The, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what's our offense? The half-court stuff that we've been showing where there's not a lot of off-ball movement. There's not guys setting off-ball screens for each other. Yeah. It's terrible, <laughs> dude. And I, I saw it mostly in the Mavericks game when we kept feeding the ball to Brandon Ingram. And I know that was very intentional because Luke Walton mm. said as much. You know, we wanted to get B.I. going. But there's a way to get somebody the ball while still having movement, right? When Brandon Ingram got the ball in the Mavericks game, too often it felt like a Carmelo Anthony sort of play. And the thing about Brandon Ingram is, unlike, you know, maybe even a LeBron ISO or something, he gets into his movements a lot slower than other people, you know? And even Carmelo Anthony in his prime, you know? Carmelo Anthony would just kind of face up, jab step, and then shoot a mid-range jump shot, right? Brandon Ingram has, like, he has to face up and then square his arms and then kind of, like, bring his arms down. Then he pivots, like, three different times, jab steps three different times. It's a lot of work. So he eats up, like, 15 seconds, right? And it's it's not pretty right now. I just, I miss the Brandon Ingram where if, you get, if you're going to feed him the ball, you know when Brandon Ingram has those quick, decisive Yeah, like moves. that dunk. 
Yeah, like the the left-handed skyhammer dunk on Nurkic. And there's an underrated play that people forget about in that game because LeBron ended up missing the layup. But I think right after that, uh, Brandon Ingram drove it from the three-point line into the lane and did that really nice, like almost behind-the-back bounce pass to LeBron. It's like yeah. a really nice play in Portland, but LeBron missed the layup, so everybody forgets about that. But when Brandon Ingram is decisive and intentional and doesn't like ball stop in that way that he does when he's posted up, that's when he's the most effective. But I don't know why we allow that to happen. These ISO post-ups that just kill the flow of the offense, right? And it's one thing if Brandon Ingram was utilizing his playmaking vision a little bit more posting up to find guys in the perimeter or drive to find guys. But recently he hasn't been doing that. And I just hope the coaching staff kind of instills that in him and reminds him that he can do more than just take advantage of the smaller guy on him. Cause I know that he was a one track kind of mind in the Mavericks game where he's like, I got Jalen Brunson. So I'm gonna keep trying to back down and shoot over him, you know? And too often I think he forgets like, Oh yeah, I have good vision. I should use it. Yeah. Um, so that's one trend I, I'd, I'd like the Lakers to cut out. Uh, the ISO ball. And unfortunately, it happens too often because it doesn't seem like we have a plan in the half court. Yeah. And it looks very clunky, very stagnant. Uh, it's just frustrating to watch. Um, so, yeah, the, I don't like the half court ISO stuff, especially in the crunch time. See, but then you look at our bench unit, who played extremely well yesterday, right? And obviously they don't, I mean, Lance every now and then will isolate, but beyond him, like what other ISO players did we have on the floor last night? And when were they playing that way? They weren't, they were actually running some sort of system. Well, that was the Rondo system. Cause he was exactly. forcing them to get into that, you yeah, know, and that's yeah. the benefit so like, of having Rondo, <laughs> but also the coaching staff needs to help these guys out, uh-huh. you know? And then outside of that trend, obviously, as I mentioned, just the fact that the Lakers somehow i mean they're not even that good but they play like a team that's won something before because they're so complacent when they get these leads and it seems like when they're up 15 18 20 yeah that they're playing keep away instead of trying to win the game that's something that i think about a lot like okay so is that overconfidence or is it actually a lack of confidence because i think you you could look at it like they're lacking confidence because they aren't running the system and, like, if you're isolating, you're probably not going to turn the ball over, right? Like, you're going to run the mm-hmm. clock down and the game is going to, like, in your mind, come to an end sooner rather than just run your offense, which is pretty quick. And, like, if you don't execute correctly, okay, well, now you're giving the other team more opportunities to get back in the game. So, I don't know. Like, I, I think you could look at it either way. I Could definitely be a little see, bit of both. Yeah, right? Like, it just depends. Like, God, it's it's so frustrating because they hit that wall. Like, they hit that three and a half or four minute or five minute, like, oh, like, the end is in sight. So, let's just, let's, like, milk this thing and maybe we can, like, hold on for dear life. So, that's a lack of confidence, right? Mm-hmm. Or it's, uh, we're so far ahead, like, we can just kind of kick back and there's no way they're going to get into this thing again, which is overconfidence. Same result, though. Right. Yeah. At the end uh, of the day, it's like a lack of composure. The missed for free sure. throws. Either way, you're right. Yeah. And that that goes for LeBron as well. All all of a sudden, yeah, surprisingly, it'll... shooting right about eighty percent from the line. I looked it up and I was like, he is. This guy's gonna be shooting like sixty eight percent right now. And then it was eighty, and I was like, oh, it's just when you miss them, right? Like it, it's at the end. At crucial it moments, out so right? Much more, yeah. 
Yeah, but and the young guys don't really have an excuse in in that respect as well. Just them freezing up in those moments. Sure. And, yeah, no one, no one has an excuse. And look, here's the thing: if they had taken care of business earlier last night, they wouldn't have tired legs tonight. And mentally, they look tired as well. You know. Yeah, so yeah. if they had actually done what they were supposed to do, kept that twenty point lead and extended it, they would have been able to rest their core guys. And the starting lineup looked like absolute crap. They were falling on the floor pretty much handing the ball to the other team. And then on defense, everybody had lead feet. So, yeah, I don't know. Look, <laughs> at the end of the day, we're only we're, we're four and six, right? Sure, yeah. And we have still lost two playoff teams. The teams we were supposed to beat, we've beaten. Yeah, with the exception of tonight, they're all super close. Yeah, and we've we've gotten steals in Portland and, and Denver. You know, two, two teams that we thought were going to be losses. So, I mean, there's still positives to glean from here, but... Man, do the Lakers need to find some answers for their rotations. Luke needs to hammer down a set rotation of guys that he wants to really stay at home with. Once Tyson Chandler gets here, I don't know. They need to establish some sort of identity down low. Yeah, I don't even know what to say anymore. No, yeah. no. I mean, you said it pretty well earlier. You said it's going to help guys kind of return to their original positions, you know? Um, sadly, it reminds me of baseball a lot when a guy gets hurt and maybe he's typically like an infielder. He'll play, you know, second base or shortstop. Somebody gets injured and now all of a sudden he's got to go to the outfield and it just shuffles things around and it can throw somebody off for sure when, um, you're essentially just not in your comfort zone. Right. So, um, yeah, having Tyson Chandler just eat some minutes where LeBron and Kuz don't have to play the five. I mean, the biggest places where we'll see a difference is defensively, of course. But even on the offensive end, and just from a stamina and endurance and getting banged around point of view, um, yeah, I mean, again, you said it really well where maybe Tyson Chandler doesn't make a big difference like individually, but just the little things will kind of reverberate you know, throughout the team mm-hmm. on all ends. So, yeah, I think that's a very good point. This is Mike from the Almighty Baller Network. It's nice to have a helping hand, especially when it's tax season, and that hand is attached to a licensed tax professional. With TurboTax Live, you can talk to real CPAs and EAs on demand who can review your return with you before you file and to make sure you get your maximum refund. They can even check your work line by line so you can be confident it's done right. Who knew confidence and peace of mind could be synonymous with taxes? TurboTax Live with CPAs and EAs on demand. See details at TurboTax.com. Let TurboTax Live be your helping hand. Visit TurboTax.com today. Yeah, we can only hope. And look, so here so- we go. We're going on a push starting Wednesday. Jeez <laughs> Louise, man. The, <laughs> the fact that we are resting all of our hopes on JaVale McGee and Tyson Chandler is All my incredible. eggs in one basket. <laughs> hey, but props to JaVale McGee. He's having a career season. You know, 15 Hell points. Yeah, it's insane. 15 points, 7 rebounds, 3.6 blocks, one deep steal. Boy. And like in only 27 minutes too. So if you have him in fantasy basketball, you're probably huh. killing it because you probably drafted Don't him. Don't talk about like fantasy sports, threat. dude. Oh my God. <laughs> my freaking fantasy um, football team right now is killing me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, JaVale McGee, 15-7, one steal, 3.6 blocks. So at the end of the day, look, M- the, if we're doing the MUD tracker, the guys the Lakers oh, yeah, sign, yeah. they've been up and down, especially Lance recently. We've gotten bad Lance recently. But considering all the flack we were getting, 
these guys, Rondo and Lance, have, have swung games for us, right? At least one or two games on their own. So I think that's already worth the price of that we paid them for, right? And yeah. Rondo especially, the intangibles off the court. And just looking at looking at it statistically, outside of JaVale, Rondo in 27 minutes is averaging 12, 5, 7, 1.3 steals, 58% from the field, 50% from three, hitting a career-high 1.2 threes a game. So that's that's the best we could have asked for from Rondo, right? And he pretty much won us the Portland game. Obviously, you'd hope that the minutes with him and Lonzo equalize and we use Lonzo more and allow Lonzo to push through those games where he's struggling and he's dealing with, you know, ghosting in the first half, that Luke will trust him a little more. But in the meantime, it's clear we need some wins and Rondo got us that win um, last night in Portland when we started off really slow. And he needed to get something going. He needed, he helped get the, t- the whole team going. And then Lance Stevenson, obviously he sputtered out in the last few games. But look, he's only playing 18 minutes and he's averaging 10, 4, 2.6 on 50% shooting, 40% from three, hitting 1.13s as well. So that's, I wouldn't say the best we could have asked for because he played he's played better than this. But And this doesn't include tonight's game where he only shot two for eight. But all that being said... I still feel like the MUD unit is at the very least not performing as badly as people had thought, right? And so they can contribute to this team. It's just all the other parts right now that I feel like haven't clicked and we haven't been firing firing on all cylinders consistently enough to the point where we're taking advantage of these guys' contributions, right? You'd think if I threw out those stats to you, Alan, that we'd be, you know, above 500 team, right? Because we weren't yeah, expecting yeah, yeah. them to play this well. Right. But unfortunately, it's discombobulated right now the defense you know lebron still finding his way on this in this team and how to operate how to conserve his energy not conserve how much to exert himself on the defense as well you know so you know it's it's up to the it's it's up to luke to bring this group together because we've seen the flashes we've even seen the young guys show how dynamic they can be. We've seen the MUD, the maligned MUD guys show that they can be contributing assets on this team. Now you just got to put it together, right? It, it doesn't matter individually if we're getting good stats or whatever. And we have these highlight plays. De- defensively, our highlight plays look amazing, right? The yeah. Kuzma block on guys, JaVale McGee's blocks, LeBron blocking dudes when he wants to. But that's just the highlights, you know? Right, right. 95% of the rest of the game is just fundamental defense, uh, cutting drives off and boxing your man out. And unfortunately, that is not happening right now for the Lakers. So Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I, I think individually, you know, guys are definitely capable of defending, but there's for sure a lack of cohesion. And um, we look good in spurts, as you said, but the consistency just isn't there. And um, I mean, I know like preaching patience isn't what people want to hear. But to develop that chemistry across the entire team, like, takes time. And I know we discuss amongst ourselves throughout the week, like, so many guys on this team have been here for a few years now, right? Like, B.I.'s been here for three years. The other guys have all been here for a couple years. And yet, it still looks like this is the first year anyone has even been on the Lakers. And to that... I, I don't know what to say, actually. I mean, um, it obviously makes a difference that you are throwing in like a 50% new roster amongst them. And it's not like all of our young guys play together exclusively, right? And then you just have like the new dudes playing with each other by themselves. It's a combination. It's a mix. 
So you are going to have um, some issues with regards to chemistry. But I guess the frustrating thing is just when you do see it work out well, your expectation rises and you're like, okay, well, you should be doing that all the time. And then when it doesn't happen and when they actually make more mistakes than they do things well, um, that's where the confusion, you know, for us as fans kind of comes in. And then you point the finger like, okay, well, whose fault is it? And ultimately, of course, it's a combination of everybody. Um, but yeah, man, it's a new week. <laughs> I feel it's like the schedules, week. yeah, like this next week is, we don't play as much because we do have another like back-to-back coming up soon, but like we don't play till Wednesday. And then I don't think they play again till Saturday, right? And then yeah, they play Sunday. Yeah, I think Sunday. after... Yeah, I think after tonight's game, we could all use a little break yeah, from the Lakers. Yeah, they play against sure. the Timberwolves on Wednesday, the Kings on Saturday, the Hawks on Sunday, and then the Blazers against again next Wednesday. So honestly, the next three right. games, these are quote-unquote scheduled wins, and the Lakers have to take advantage. The one game where I thought they did their job and did what they were supposed to do was the Suns game, where they blew that team yeah, out, you know, right. and they showed their dominance, and they kind of just kept their foot on the gas pedal. They need to do that with these next three teams. They have no excuses anymore. Um, So hopefully that happens. I'm glad the Lakers took action and realized we need some help down low. And who knows who pulled strings with regards to Tyson Chandler getting bought out, but I'm just glad it's happening. Did you read one of the many articles that suggested Luke said, hey, I need some help, you know, with the backup five and things like that. Now, again, I'm, I, don't I didn't, think, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I don't remember who wrote it. So credit to whoever that was. But granted, I'm not going to say like magic was like, oh, really? You need help with bigs? Like, I'm, I'm sure he saw that as an issue. <laughs> but if Luke really pressed him with a sense of urgency, um, I mean, thank God, like Tyson Chandler's falling into our lap, basically. So either way, right. it's going to get done. I was talking about even just pulling the strings of how the timing even coincided with yeah, Tyson yeah, yeah. Chandler all of a sudden just getting bought out and we're like, oh yeah, you're coming to us, you know? Man, anyways, all that dude. said, we're glad it's happening. Yeah, no, totally. So we're glad that's happening. I'll post the picture of us and Tyson Chandler when it becomes official and hopefully we can take off from there. Uh, with that said, thank you guys for listening. This is the Lakers Legacy Podcast. Please rate interview us on iTunes at Lakers Legacy Pod. Sorry, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate interview us on iTunes because the more you rate interview us, Alan. <laughs> That's how many more um, like surprising movies Tyson Chandler is going to view. <laughs> with the Lakers. <laughs> yes, and with us. <laughs> exactly. Hopefully Rajon Rondo won't walk out of the theater because the movie makes no sense. <laughs> Too many plot holes. I'm out of here. Give me a refund. You know what was a plot hole? Tonight's game was a plot hole, whatever that means. Um, Okay, all right. Sorry if tonight's show was inarticulate or whatever, just like the Lakers game. So, yeah, hope you guys have a good weekend. Let's win one against the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Kings shortly after. Uh, With that said, hopefully things stay drama-free for the rest of the week. And, yeah, Alan, I'll catch you later. All right, dude. See ya. Peace. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents, which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. 
Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi! Did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi! You have high cholesterol! Hi! You're fine! And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi! There's no more cake! Even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.